On the third Thursday of every month, pastors and church leaders from near and far gather together for a time of friendship, gospel encouragement, and ministry insights in the warehouse at the Axis Church in downtown Nashville. The following is from one such third Thursday gathering. Good morning, y'all. Man, I've been trying to, I loved what Aaron and Jeremy said last month um, when they talked about just enjoying Jesus. Like you said, I just want to enjoy Jesus in 2019. And I thought, man, me too. I want to do that as well. And so I've been, I've just been trying to enjoy his word in a, in a way. And I thought I, I would love to study it with you just a little bit, maybe a little bit of, of Acts today. And, and I guess just maybe open up and tell you that, that one of the prayers I've been praying lately has just been, Lord, do whatever you need to do in me so that you can do whatever you, you want to do through me. You know, just do, change me up, do whatever you got to do. And, and I don't know of a better way um, to do that than to just be submissive to the Word of God and to His Spirit. And I know, I know that's, that's your language too, but um, one of the coolest things is about spiritual mentorship. We find it all through the Bible. Anytime you want God to change you, it's like He, he doesn't leave you alone in that changing process. And so I thought it'd be cool to, to just read a little bit and, um, and to study through the Word. But let me, let me start with this. Um, Everybody that you know that has done anything um, that they have felt fulfillment from, and, and they've done that in God's church, they've done that with, with kingdom work, has done that because someone invested in them. Someone like pulled them aside and said, man, I believe in you. And really even, it's not just within God's church, right? Like any great artist, most of the time if you dig deep, it was, there was a day that they wanted to quit, they wanted to be done. And, and you know, somebody said, no, man, I really think you should continue on. I think you should keep doing that. Athletes, musicians, whatever it is. And, and the church is not exempt from that. That probably most of us have not tons of people, but that one or that, that, that two that would say, they, they spoke into you and they said, look, I'm just going to go pick up dry cleaning. You want to do that with me? And I'm going to talk about Jesus with you. You know, like, can you just come to the house and let us feed you pizza rolls and whatever? And, and we're just going to hang out and talk about the word. And I just, I wanted to just, I wanted to hear you talk about that for a minute, if that's cool. Like, who has that been in your life? Is there a name or it may not be in the past. It may be right now, but who, who comes to mind when I say something like that? There was a volunteer couple in, in, in my church growing up. I grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi. And there's a, there a volunteer couple, not paid at all, and they just invested in me. Man, when I was dating somebody I shouldn't, they spoke that into me, like, Tommy, Tommy, this is not, this is not what you need to be about. Um, they're the ones who still speak into my life. You know, man, they, they just, con, con, just consistently invest in me. And anyway, back in the day, I remember I was acting like a goofball, man. I was seventh grade. And, you know, you just get into middle school, you think, I got to prove myself. I got I to gotta look the part. I got to do whatever. And I'm just acting like an idiot. And they, they pulled me aside afterwards because I'm all disruptive. Like, they're really trying to drive something home. And I'm not listening to anything because I'm trying to be cool. And afterward, they pulled me aside and they said, listen, like, we love you. You're acting like a moron. And God's got better for you than what I think you might realize. I think you could actually be a pastor one day. I think you could, you, 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 you could shepherd people one day if you would just hone in with us. And I remember that in seventh grade, like right now. I remember, and, and man, I just, that meant the world to me. You know? And I, I thought, well, maybe I could be a shepherd. Maybe, maybe that is what God would, would have me do. And so anyway, there's this, there's this person in Acts that if I could be like anyone in scriptures besides Jesus, right, of course, uh, is Barnabas. Man, I love Barnabas because he's, he's constantly mentoring people. He's just putting his arm around people. Sometimes when they're, they're not, um, they, they're unproven. 
they're untested. And, and so I just want to read the scripture with you a little bit, uh, just about Barnabas and, and to f- just figure out what, what we can learn from him, right? What kind of attributes we need to, to have in our lives. So in the book of Acts, maybe in, in chapter 11, verse 24, it says this. Um, he's described in a way that, that I'm praying that, that we would be described as. It says, he was a good man, in verse 24. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. I want to be that man, you know? I want to be that man. Just full of the Holy Spirit, good man. And, and I, I dissect it, and I look at it, and I think, good, I, I breeze over words like that, but it's, it's proactive righteousness, right? I'm not just being reactive. I'm proactively uh, helping the goodness of God find its way to people around me. That's what I want to be. Um, so he's, he's this good man, full of the Holy Spirit, meaning I want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be controlled by something, your opinion of me, my opinion of me, some kind of ego, whatever. I want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Something's going to control me. I want to give in to, to him and uh, to live this life of faith. And so we first meet um, uh, Barnabas in Acts chapter 4, right? So if we move back to Acts chapter 4, you meet him, and, and he's known as Joseph, the birth of the church in Acts 2, you know all this, but we get to Acts chapter 4, and it's like the church is kind of banded together, and they said, man, we, we want to just, we, we want to love people, we want to care for people, we want to supply resources for people, whatever we got, it's like we're just throwing it all in, in one pile, and we're just going to distribute this to people in need. And in the thick of all that, that's where Joseph or Barnabas, Barnabas means son of encouragement. That's where Barnabas finds his way in. He's like, I got this really stellar piece of land, and I want to bless somebody with that. And, um, and so he lives out this goodness, and, and I want to read that to you. In uh, Acts chapter 4, let's see, in, yeah, here we are. In verse 36, it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, this really expensive place to live, where the apostle called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, and he sold a field he owned and brought the money, put it at the apostles' feet. And this is my conviction, right, is that if I really want to mentor people, if I want to influence people, if I want to care for people, it means I need to actually show up in their lives. You know, I don't just need to talk it. Because in Acts chapter 5, you see this couple who are talking about giving, you know, themselves big time to, in the same way that Barnabas did. They're like, yeah, what Barnabas did was great. We do that too. And in our sense of fire, right, did not turn out well for them because it's not that God demanded all that from them, but they just chose to, to not tell the truth to not really be who they are and so I think God help me to be a person in 2019 a pastor a disciple a a father a husband whatever that that would pour myself out and show up in the lives of my friends when when you need me like when when we need each other um I feel that way about this group I don't know if you do like anytime from the first time I came I think I feel that way I feel like we're kind of in this together I feel that we're praying for each other I genuinely am excited about the ordination this Sunday how awesome is that man um, I genuinely look forward to, to lunch and trying to support and pray for you. And I know you enjoy that too. Kirk, you know, like uh, I think his wife is having chemo this morning. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, we care for each other like that. So we, we choose to show up. So let's be people like that, right? What are other attributes of the people that you would say in your life, right? What are the attributes that person, your dad or your youth pastor, whoever it is, what are other attributes that they would have that you would say, uh, that's why they had my ear. You know, that's why they were influencing me. That's why it rubbed off on me well. What, what would you say? Unshockable. Unshockable, right? Nothing you could bring to the table is going to surprise them. Mm. 
I like that. I mean, each one of these attributes, you know, you think, God help me to be a man like that. You know, and the older, I don't know, the older we get, I, I feel like we're going to have this temptation to insulate ourselves from that. Like, we'll, we'll point toward that for our people and, and the people we get to disciple and influence and care for. And I think, I think it's going to be easier and easier to, to point and not engage in that. And I don't want that to be true of, of my life. I don't want to look up one day and go, man, I've been insulated from that for a while now and didn't even realize it. Um, so all those attributes you name, I think, Lord, help me. I want that. I, and that's what I love about local church. I, I like you say, I would love to die at this church, Lord, if you would allow me to. Because... Uh, it's pretty quick, right, that it's not just Jeremy Rose is our pastors. Oh, Jeremy, yeah, he gets to be our pastor. Do, I mean, do you love him? You don't seem like stoked. Oh, I really love him. You know, but it's just we're walking through life together to where it's not you're just a speaker popping in real fast and communicating and then you leave. It's we walk through life together often. I find that attractive about local church ministry. Um, and I, I find that it fights pride in my heart. And, and maybe that's what I find attractive about it. But I, I love that, that we're just known. You, they know all your sermons, right? Like they, they know the best ones. They know everything that you would say. So there's got to be this freshness in your walk with God for it to matter the most. I love that. I think that's so exciting. So let, let, me, let me show you this in, in Acts chapter 9. Um, you see Barnabas in Acts chapter 9, where there's this conversion, right, of Paul on the road uh, to Damascus. And so Saul to Paul, dramatic conversion to Christ. It's incredible. It's uncommon. The disciples don't know if they buy in yet. That, that's what they're discovering. They don't know if they buy in. They don't know if this is a trap. Is, is he just messing with us? Um, he's got this reputation of, of doing some pretty rough things to, to, to their people. And so in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, um, it says, when he, talking about Paul, Saul, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they're all really afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. And I just have to tell you, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Nothing has pointed us to this being legit. Nothing. And so here he shows up, and in the process, here's our dude, man. Barnabas shows up. It's like he shows up all through Acts. I love it. He shows up, and Barnabas tells him a little bit about Paul's story in verse uh, 27 and 28. It says, Barnabas took him, he took him, and he brought him to the apostles. And he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. And I just think, do you see what happened there? That they don't know... They don't understand, like, uh, there, there's nothing that's going to draw us to him. But it's Barnabas who put his arm around him and said, well, why don't, why don't I take you? And he goes to people who, oh, it's Barnabas. And Barnabas says, I'm going to vouch for him. Like, I, I need you to know I'm with him. I'm for him. He's raw. He's going to say some dumb stuff. But, y'all, I'm telling you, he's, this has is, this is really happened in his life. He, he has converted. God has, has done this work in him, and he's preached fearlessly. And, and it makes me think how... Sometimes the people we get to invest in and pour into, um, the, the people around them would say, they're not worth your time. They're, they're really not worth your time. But spiritual mentorship tells me, like, I need, to, I need to even address problematic people and see more potential than problem. You know, like, I, God, help me see the potential in somebody, even when they don't see it. 
and sometimes, you know how it is, like you do, you're doing counseling with someone or, or you're trying to mentor someone towards a, a decision that they're pursuing or whatever, and you just see, you see all kinds of issues and red flags, and, and yet they're still worth your time. They're still worth it. And, and I've been that guy, right? Like I'm the guy who my pastor has advised before back in the day, and he would advise me, and I'm, I'm like one ear and out the other. Like I'm not listening to anything he's saying. But God used his words later to really speak to me, and the Holy Spirit convicted me of it, even though in the moment I could totally understand why he would have gotten up and said, Tommy is just not worth it. But, but he, he helped me in ways he didn't know. So you may be mentoring people right now, in ways that you have no idea the ripple effect later. And so here he brings him, Saul, Saul's nothing special. Saul's nothing special to them, but he brings him, and all of a sudden this relationship's created of more mentorship, of more community, of more togetherness. He's brought in as an influencer. And um, let's be people like that, yeah? Have people brought you in like that? Have people, have people introduced you uh, to, to people in that way? Like, I'd love to hear that. In the struggle, like in the thick of it. It's not just my past struggle. It, it, what Paul said used to, I, fu- I found it arrogant when he would say, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm like, that's arrogant. What are you saying? But really, I think it's more like this, that follow me as I imperfectly follow Jesus. And you're going you're gonna to see bumps in the road, but, but follow me because I'm pursuing him. It's not about me, it's about him. And so follow me in that journey. That, that feels much more, I can do that. I can, I can, I can invite someone into my struggle. It's just going to take humility on my part, and God can work that in me, right? I like that. What else? Has someone brought you, you know, believed in you more than you believed in you, more than you believed in by other people at different times in your life? What was that like? Who was that? Pastor Bubba. Let's go. Let's go. Just to think about that, it's like, you know, you got this, One of the roughest moments in my life was um, I, f- I felt like the Lord wanted me to be a pastor on a, on a staff that I'd interned at in Michigan. And, uh, just a, f- a phenomenal church, and the pastor said, well, we're going we're gonna to determine if we are, we're able to do that. Um, they kind of offered it to me, and they said, well, we need to determine what that needs to look like, and we'll, we'll call you Sunday. Sunday, we'll call you. So, I mean, you, I mean I'm, I'm young, right? Like, I wake up on Sunday, I'm like, today's the day. Like, today's the day. And then Sunday afternoon comes, I'm like, well, church is over now. They're one hour ahead. So, you know, like, I'm all measuring it, right? I'm in college, wrapping up college. I'm, and then the, the early evening comes, I'm like, it's okay, they're just trying to pull it together, you know, just trying to figure it out. Evening comes, and it's like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night, uh, their time. I'm like, I just got a call. I got a call. And I called. And, uh, and I said, hey, hey, did y'all talk about that? Like, what, what, what came of that? And they said, man, we forgot all about it. We forgot all about it. I guess we just need to tell you no. I, I just, I, I, 
you know, I want to honor that time. And, and long story short, ultimately it worked out. We went. We ministered there for eight years because, I mean, that, that was what it seemed like the Lord wanted us to do from all directions. But, but that moment, we had to walk through a lot, of, a lot of stuff. And I say all that to just say sometimes to you it's such a small thing. Like the longer you walk with God, you invite someone just out for coffee or, you know, to study the Bible with you or whatever. To you, you're like, I do this all the time. Like you, you, you minister and you shepherd to people all the time. This is, this is normal life for you. But to them, such a small thing to you that's forgettable. To me, like I'm waiting on pins and needles. Like I would love to know if this is going to change my life forever, you know. And, and so I, I, I say all that to us to just say don't forget what it was like on the other side. Um, you know, like, man, you know, the pastor said he was going to call me. Pastor said he was gonna. He wanted to study the Bible with me, but he forgot. You know, I don't. I don't want to be that. And I, we make mistakes. There's grace over all that. But but there's no small thing, man. When you give it to the Lord, there just isn't. Uh, every phone call, like if you were to write a letter to, and maybe maybe we should. Some of us in here to write a letter to some of those people who've mentored us in the past to say, hey, I, I thought about it today. We're setting acts with a group of pastors, and I just want to say thank you, man. You you did something in my life that. Um, that no one else will fully know, that I fully don't even know myself, but you did that. And that won't be a small thing either. So uh, look at this in, in Acts 15. Um, Paul established some churches, and he says it's time to go back and visit these churches. And so him and Barnabas, they set out, did some stuff. Uh, in Acts chapter 15, verse 36, it says, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Now let's go back and visit the believers in all these towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. And Barnabas wanted to take John, also called, called Mark, with him. Paul didn't think it wise to take him because he had deserted them and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. And so somewhere on the first trip, we don't know exactly what it was, right? John Mark feels like, I got to end this. Like, I got I to gotta be done. And it might be something really surface level. He's homesick. It might be something really deep to where he's battling something theologically in his heart. Just don't fully know. But regardless, he bounces. And it comes to revisit. And some of you are built like, like we would find it comical to think about which one are we in this story, right? Because some of us are built in a way that like, dude, uh-uh. Like, you got you to gotta pull, pull it together. Like, we're, we're visiting, we're ministering, we're on the road, and you bounced. I'm not inviting you back into that crew again. Barnabas, though, he's the one. And, of course, I'm leaning that way, right? So I'm totally manipulating that with you. But I'm just saying, like, Barnabas is the one who says he puts his arm around him. And for whatever reason, it's like Paul forgot. Barnabas put his arm around you, dude. He put his arm around you too, you know, and, and here you are, you're forgetting a little bit about what it was like to be maybe in John Mark's shoes because I don't know if John Mark killed any Christians. I don't know if he persecuted them maybe like you have. And so don't forget who you were pre-conversion, right? But then look at like the end of Paul's ministry. Man, y'all, God's word is just so sweet. At the end of Paul's ministry uh, that, that we know of in 2 Timothy 4, man, he says, he says at the end of his last letter, he mentions John Mark, of all people. And he says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he has been helpful to me in my ministry. Isn't that amazing? And so, I don't know, man. Like, even when you deserve to be forgotten, even when you deserve that, I don't need to be believed in, man. I'm, I'm fickle. I am fickle or I'm whatever it is. I don't know enough. I don't, I don't have enough experience yet. Barnabas is the one. He puts his arm around him and he says, I'm with you. I'm going to walk through that. And what's crazy, what's crazy is that at some point in Acts, and we just, we can't study it all, right? Uh, but at some point in Acts, beforehand, it was, it was like it was on a linear level, like what you're saying. It was like Paul 
uh, I'm sorry, it was Barnabas and then Paul. Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. That, that was a relationship. And then Paul preaches this stellar message in Acts 13, which seems to, to revolutionize his ministry and influence. And God really brings uh, some, some opportunities into his path that he takes advantage of. And somehow in that, it flips. And it begins to be Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. And it seems like Barnabas doesn't care at all. I think, I want to be that guy. Like, who? what if the person that you minister to this week, what if they get more accolade than you? Are you cool with that? You know, like, what if, what if they, God uses them in ways that, that he's just not used you? Because he can use whoever he wants, however he wants. What if that were to happen? Could we say, Lord, help me be cool with that? Help me to be okay with it? And uh, because Barnabas seems to not need a title, he seems to not need some position or some role. Uh, he's just content to mentor. I'm just going to spiritually mentor anybody that's in my path. And God, you use them and do whatever you want to do with them. So I, I say all that to you to just maybe challenge us today to say, in the book of Acts, you see, you see a lot of things going on, especially in the early church. You see them really setting some pillars that this church is built on. I mean, that, that all of our churches are really built on. And, uh, and yet in the thick of all the, the messiness and craziness, you see some solid spiritual mentorship. And I don't know what that needs to look like in your context. It might be formal internships. It might be church residencies, which I read your stuff, man, and it's phenomenal. Praise God for that. Joshua's work with you and all that. I thought it was great. So, I mean, I don't, and, and if it's discipleship, like this next Monday night, I start a, a group at my house with, with 12 dudes in our church just to mentor them and to disciple each other. I say each other because I, I know I'm gonna, God's going to grow me up too. And uh, my wife said, I'll cook for you. And I'm like, that's awesome. And then we're going to study the word every Monday night. Let's do that. And I'm so stoked about what God's going to do with it. So formal, informal, whatever it is, just relational stuff that, that God is using in your life. I would just tell you to be, to do that really on purpose in every way that you possibly can. Because people believed in you to, to put you here, believed in you, cared for you, uh, ministered to you, mentored you. And so how could God use you to do the same? Doesn't it feel good when you champion other people? Like when you, when you elevate what Christ is doing in somebody else? If you fight your pride like that, man, it feels good on the other. It's not instinctive, um, it, but, but you know how it is. Like if, if you're trying to, to grapple for attention, man, there, that's just, it's vapor. It's empty. It's, it's cotton candy. There's nothing to it, right? Like you get to the end of it, you're like, that wasn't worth it. And now I, I have missed opportunities to elevate someone else and what Christ is doing in them and to encourage them and push them forward and... Uh, a friend of mine said, I, um, he, he said, I would get a lot of calls about people in our church to come to, you know, do this ministry or whatever. And he said, and it, it just kind of hurt my feelings because they weren't calling about me. And uh, he said, I was just jealous. Man, they're calling about, I thought they were calling about me. Hey, just want to talk to you about this position. Yeah, yeah. So this dude in your church, you know. And uh and I said, but listen to that, dude. Like, you've had all these people over all these years. You know, he's, he's been in ministry 20 or so years, 20 years or so. And, and uh, I'm like, but they're calling you about people that you're investing yourself into. So, so really, your ministry is awesome that you get to be here and continue this while you multiply yourself in them. And I think it feels so good when you champion them and say, you need to talk to, you need to meet. Like, let's connect these people. Let's, let's just see what God does with that. And on the other end of it, you think, God, you're filling me up. There's something that my confidence is in you. It's not in me. My confidence is you're enough. And I'm, I'm really putting that to the test in my heart. Will you really be enough for me? And I want that to be yes, you know. I want it to be yes. Um, when you first gave your life to Jesus, that was 
I mean, he was everything. You, had, you knew really, really clearly, I cannot do this on my own. This has got to be him. No man's going to be able to, to, to do this in me. It's, it's him, Christ alone. And, uh, and it's easy to forget that. The more you learn, the more experience you have, even the opportunities that God gives you, um, it's easy to stand on those things. And I would just, you know this better than I do. I would just challenge you the way that I feel like the Lord's challenging me that um, elevate other people. Maybe, uh, even... We don't have time. But in this one passage in Acts 11, look at this. Barnabas went to, uh, it's in verse 25. You can read it later. Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. So that they, they sent Barnabas to Antioch is basically what had happened in early chapter 11. They said, uh, God's up to something there. We're going to send Barnabas. And Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So he's about to enter into this beautiful ministry. And he takes a step. And then he looks and he's like, but Saul, though, Saul needs it. Like, isn't that cool? I think, God, like, let's be mentors like that and pastors like that. Shepherds, that's the word. Let's shepherd people in that way. So, anyway, I, I believe in you, and I learned so much from you. I, I, uh, I find it a joy to just study the scripture with, with friends in ministry like this. And uh, if you're discouraged today, man, we believe in you. We love you. So pumped you you're here. And if you're encouraged, uh, then spread that encouragement. Spread that encouragement, man. Let other people know how you're enjoying Jesus and, and what he's doing in your life. And, uh, and he'll use that. He really will. Can I pray with you? Lord, thank you for the chance we have to study the word like this. Thank you for uh, the Axis Church and Pastor Jeremy and the leadership here, Lord, and how they invest in pastors uh, all over our city and in ministries all over the city. Thank you for every church represented here and, and all of the, the people in these local congregations. I pray that you would use us for your glory, for your kingdom, for your will to be done. May people forget our names and, and let us be cool with it so that, that your name can be magnified and, and lifted high. Thank you for the chance we have to, to be children of God and to simply rest in you. And we don't have to prove ourselves. We don't have to, we're not working to earn our salvation, but we get to, to do a work out of our salvation. It's out of our relationship with you that we joyfully submit our lives to you. So God, help us to fight temptation this week. Help us to be encouraged in the word. Help us to, to invest in other people as we've been invested in and help us to thank those who are or who have invested in us. And we'll give you the glory for that, Lord, because it, it really is yours. And we thank you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray over all these things. Amen. We pray to thee, our God.